All right, we're going to be continuing our series on encountering Jesus in the Gospel of John. As Joe shared, one of those timeless things that we want to be about as a community is encountering the Lord, and we're really focusing in this year, sensing the Holy Spirit highlight, hey, I want you to pay attention here for us as a church. And so one of the ways that we're doing that amongst many is going through the Gospel of John. A second way that we're doing that is in community. And this month we are starting life groups back up for the fall. Amy, I loved what you shared and so grateful for you and for your uh, part in our community. We love you and we do just need to have you preach the whole time next time. So, so good. Uh, but I encourage all of you, let's get involved in a life group. Let's get connected. I know that that's one of those things that's like, I should do that, but life is busy, work is complicated, family, friends, all of those things. But this is the window. Let's prioritize being with the people of God and really walking with one another. We're going to be in John 14 today. Uh, and the title of my message is Jesus is Sending the Spirit. I realize uh, I uploaded the wrong slides this morning. So I will take full credit for that. What that means, though, is you're actually going to need to open your Bible to follow along. Pastor Juke, Pastor Juke right there. So take out a Bible, take out your phone, whatever that might be. Maybe that'll be my new strategy uh, to help us all get in the word more. John chapter 14. My apologies to the media team. That is 100% on me. We'll be talking about Jesus ascending the Spirit. As we've gone through the Gospel of John, uh, we follow Jesus' incarnation in the opening chapters of the Gospel. We've seen Jesus working miracles uh, all throughout chapters 2 through uh, 11. Starting in chapter 12, uh, Jesus is withdrawing to the upper room to be with his disciples. He's washing their feet, and now he's giving them uh, these really important words, this uh, kind of last moments with his disciples before he's going to the cross. Jesus knows the trials, the tribulations, and the temptations his disciples are about to go through. And he knows that he's going to be leaving them, and that's going to be very, very difficult for them. And so we're getting to read in chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, Jesus' last words to his disciples. You want to talk about, uh, of course, all Scripture is holy. But as we read these words, I mean, we're just on such holy ground. Some have called this the holy of holies of the New Testament. We're right here with Jesus. Here's some of the things that his disciples are about to go through that he has told them that they are going to be facing. And this sets the tone for what he feels the need to share with them uh, in these chapters. He's told them uh, that they are entering into a pathway that is going to be marked with much trial, tribulation, and temptation. And so Jesus is wanting to empower them to stand in the face of trial and to be able to move forward in God. Things that they were going to be facing, war and rumor of war. They're going to be facing ethnic conflict as nations rose against nations. They're going to face kingdoms battling, kingdoms rising and falling. They were going to face famine, earthquake, persecution, death, hatred, betrayal, apostasy, false prophets, deception. And even Jesus said they were going to face an increase of wickedness that would be so intense that the love of most would grow cold. Additionally, uh, in the immediate present, the disciples are going to face the death of a loved one, the death of Jesus, the loss of their leader, 
their friend, and the one in whom they'd put their hope. They were going to face betrayal by Judas. Judas betrayed Jesus, but in many ways, he betrayed their community as well. They were going to face personal failure as Peter and others in Jesus' moment of need. They denied Jesus, though they said they would die with him. Really? In that moment, they turn away, and they were going to need to deal with their own personal failures. And they're going to be facing the delay of God's promises, that things were not going to work out in the way that they thought and the timing in which they thought. This is what was before them. Jesus knew this. He's told the disciples this, and now he is giving them words of encouragement, words of guidance, words of teaching and training to equip them, to strengthen them, to encourage them that they might stand in the face of trials that they might have inner strength, that they might be marked and might be able to continue in his way, carrying the kingdom forward, even as Jesus goes to the cross, dies, and is resurrected again. As I went through the list of trials that the disciples faced, I think we all in this room could relate to, man, this sounds like so much of our lives even today. And this is so important for us in 2022 because we too, as Jesus' disciples, are going to live a life, we're going to follow a way that's going to be marked by trials, by temptation, and tribulation. And these words that Jesus gave to his disciples long ago, the Holy Spirit speaks through his word now to us. We need these same things. Jesus has told them that one of the things that they're going to need to be able to make it in the face of the pressure is they're going to need to be able to trust him, not to let their hearts be troubled, but to trust in him, to trust his person, to trust his promises, and to trust his leadership. He's told them, we looked at last week, that they were going to need to have an eternal perspective, that they were going to need to set their eyes not on what was right before them, but they were going to need to set their eyes on eternity, that Jesus was going to prepare a place for them in the Father's house, in heaven, He had a place for them. He was going to come and return and take them that they might be where he is. Jesus wanted them to have an eternal perspective. And here, what we're going to see in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus knew that they would need the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so in this section of John's Gospel, we see Jesus is sending the Spirit to his disciples. So that is a backdrop. Let's read the text for this morning. John chapter 14 Starting in verse 16, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. John 14, 16 through 17. And then John 14, 25 through 27, Jesus continuing the same line of thought says, all this I have spoken while with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
as the rest of the gospel story unfolds on into the book of Acts and through the epistles of the New Testament, we see the Spirit coming to the disciples and impacting them, being their source of strength for the trials, temptations, and tribulations they are to face. And I would put before you that we too, 2,000 years later, if we are to live faithfully as Jesus' disciples, that we too need that same Spirit working in our lives individually, in our community as a church, empowering us, filling us, being our advocate, being our teacher, if we too in our generation are to live faithfully in the way of Jesus in our time and our day. Amen? So let's dig into what Jesus describes that he is sending the Spirit to. What is he talking about here with the Holy Spirit? So I would encourage you to take notes and to take these things and let them fill your mind throughout the week. Let them be a source of meditation where we just don't just hear God's Word on Sunday morning, but we really take it in. We feed on God's Word. So we're doing Jesus is sending the Spirit. And I'm gonna give you five things that this text says that Jesus says here that he is sending the Spirit to do or to be in the lives of his disciples and in our lives here in our day. The first thing that Jesus is sending the Spirit to do, we see in verse 16, is that Jesus is sending the Spirit to be our advocate. The word advocate means helper, someone who would come alongside. Here it has the connotation of being in a court of law where you are being accused and you have someone come to your aid and testify on your behalf. And Jesus is saying, I am sending another, or I'm going to ask the Father and he will send another advocate for you. Another. Who's the first one? Jesus himself. Jesus is our advocate. We know that he goes to the cross on our behalf. But here he's saying he's going to send the Spirit who will be another advocate for us, another advocate on our behalf, another helper, another one to come alongside us in our place of need. Thank you, Lord. Now, sometimes we hear this metaphor, this description of the Holy Spirit. We're like, well, what do I need an advocate for, right? God, Scripture tells us, is for us, so he sent his son to die on our behalf. So do we need an advocate to convince God to be for us? Is that the the court that we're in? No, God is for you. Jesus is for you. Jesus' blood speaks a better word over our lives on the cross. We're not needing, God's not like, well, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of guess I need another person to argue on their behalf for me so I could actually kind of love them or like them. No, No, the Father loves you. Jesus loves you. What do we need an advocate for? Well, Romans tells us that the Holy Spirit testifies to our spirit that we're children of God. We need an advocate because of all the stuff going on inside of us, all the accusation, all the shame, all the disappointment, all the discouragement, all the narratives inside of us that would condemn us and the Holy Spirit is whispering, no, 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 let me tell you who you are. I'm your advocate. I'm your friend. I am pulling for you. And even when the Holy Spirit corrects us, it's because he's our advocate and he really wants to help us. I saw an illustration of this yesterday. Um, Somehow this season, I am helping to coach soccer. Now, I know very little about soccer, so all you soccer people, please come talk to me after the service because I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm coaching second grade, and honestly, the second graders know more than I do about soccer. 
unfortunately. Um, but I do know about encouraging kids. I know about getting them to work together. I know about getting the parents involved, and I'm the assistant coach. So really, I just stand on the sidelines and make sure that I do whatever the coach wants. It's a great spot. Um, on our team, though, we have an interesting conglomeration of people. Uh, we have kids that are very focused on soccer, that are very talented, and they are 100% locked in the whole game. And we have other kids that are like this, you know, just out to lunch most of the time uh, while all of this is going on. So we got some differences. We got some differences of ability. We have some fast kids. And then we have some kids that, honestly, I do think uh, people in nursing homes with walkers could beat them in a race. They just run so slowly. And you're like, I don't know. You're, you're only seven. I know you have lots of energy. Like, could we channel that in a direction? We have some differences there. We have differences in the level and time they've played soccer. And we have kids from all over the world on our team. Uh, <coughs> we have kids from China on our team. We have kids from India on our team. We have uh, kids uh, in, growing up in Spanish-speaking homes on our team. We just have all sorts of kids all coming together to play soccer. And so yesterday we're playing and we're, we're trying to make our way. And one particular kid, his dad told us that they speak Spanish in the home. And this is that kid's first year to be in a school where uh, they, they speak English, and so he's learning English. So the dad was like, hey, if he doesn't listen to your instruction, it's not because he's not listening. He just doesn't know a ton of English words. I don't know that the kid has played soccer before, but he has some potential, uh, and he likes it, and you can tell that he likes it. So yesterday, we have him playing goalie. The game is tied in this big second-grade soccer match that the adults are taking very seriously uh, at this point at, you know, 8 a.m. on Saturday morning. The kids are thinking about the donuts for the snacks afterwards, but the game is tied. And we have asked uh, this kid's father, we've said, hey, uh, since he has a language, you know, like we have a language barrier, what if you stand on the sidelines and you just call out directions to him to help him because obviously he's not catching everything the coach is saying. So this kid's playing goalie yesterday, and his dad is standing behind you know, the goalie area. I don't even, I guess the goal is what you call that thing. <laughs> My coaching expertise, guys, coming out. And it's just awesome. His dad just sits there and talks to him the whole time. And you know, in soccer, there's a lot of things you can cover up, like kids not paying attention, Kids not running around, not knowing which way is the goal. You can cover those things up. But if you're goalie, if you make a mistake, all eyes are on you. So end of the game, game's tied. There's a penalty kick somehow at the very end of the game where one kid is going to be kicking the, goal, kicking the ball to try and score on, on, our, on our guy, right? The goalie who doesn't know much English, and I think this is his first time to play organized soccer. And so all eyes are on him. And you're just like, oh, man. I don't know what is going to happen here, right? And he's back there and he's trying to think about it. And you can just see his dad behind him, just calling out encouragements to him, just telling him, you're going to do it. I got you. You know, he's just, he's advocating for him and all the pressure's on and the kid kicks the ball and somehow our goalie like dives on the ball, like everything slows down, at least for me as the coach, it slows down and he dives on it and everybody starts cheering and you can just see his dad so happy for his son. And I know his dad well enough to know if his son had missed the goal, his dad would have been still right there with him, 
encouraging him. And you can see the, the beaming smile on the kid's face. And his dad's standing back there. And afterwards, we were talking, and his dad was like, you know, my job called me today and said, hey, do you want to work extra? But I told him, no, I need to, I need to be there for my son. I need to be there for his game. Uh, and I'm just happy I was here for this moment, you know, for him. That's an advocate. And Jesus is saying to the disciples that he is going to send the spirit that is going to be like that advocate for them, standing behind them in the big moments they were going to face, calling out encouragements. Hey, I'm with you. You can do this. We practice this. I'm for you. Calling out those encouragements that, 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 that we might be filled with that holy confidence, that we might be filled with that strength that we need, that the disciples might be filled with that to stand in the face of trials. I want you to know, disciples, that we have an advocate in the Holy Spirit who's standing alongside us and is calling out encouragements to you this week in your place of need. I know all of us need an advocate, and I want you to know you have that in the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants his disciples to know they have an advocate. The second thing that Jesus tells them that this advocate is going to do in verse 16 is that he is going to help you. He is going to be your helper. Oh man, he knows what they are about to face. He knows that they are about to experience just everything coming unglued and this new reality breaking in for which there is no kind of manual or way to go except following Jesus and listening to the Spirit. He's saying the Spirit is going to be here to help you. He's going to help you in your time of need. When you're called before rulers and authorities and they're questioning you, the Spirit's going to help you and give you the words that you need. When they are facing trials where they said that they would despair of life, even itself, the Spirit was going to be there helping them, strengthening them, giving them what they need to be able to stand. The Holy Spirit is their advocate. The Holy Spirit is their helper. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is our helper as well. You have a helper. How many of you know that God wants to help you? Man, that is a good news. God wants to help you. Now, sometimes God's values are not the things that we value. So the things that I want help in, God's like, well, really, that is not that important. My fantasy football team, not that important, right? But there are other things like humility, patience, love, bearing with one another. Like Joe said, maintaining the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Those are things that are really important to the Lord. And he wants to help us in that. He wants to help us in our relationships. He wants to help us where we don't know what to do. And one pastor that I love, uh, he says it this way, and this is so important. He says, we won't walk with the spirit more than we talk with the spirit. So he said, if you want to access the help of the Lord, the help of the Holy Spirit, you need to talk to him. So what that means is as you go about your day, as you go into work or school tomorrow, and there's that situation where you don't know what to do or that meeting that you have or that class, it's, it's Lord, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Help me today. I'm looking for your help. Don't be ashamed to ask for help. Jesus knows we need help and he has provided a helper, the Holy Spirit, for us to help us in our need. Man, that is a good word. I need help. And truth of the matter is, you need help too. 
And we have a helper in the Holy Spirit. The third thing that Jesus says that the Spirit was going to do for his disciples, verse 16, I would underline this, is the Spirit is going to be with you forever. Be with you forever. So the Spirit is our advocate. He's our helper. And the promise is he will be with us. So Bible trivia question, what is the first thing in Scripture that God says is not good? Say it again. Right, for man to be alone. And when he's saying man, he means mankind. You and I, though it's good for us to have time alone, all you introverts, it's great for us to need our own time and space. We are not meant to live life alone in isolation. That we are made for a relationship. We're made for fellowship. We're made for friendship. We're made for family. And God said from the beginning, it's not my desire or intent. It's not the way that you and I were wired that we would live like little islands uh, in little prisons all on our own. He doesn't want that. And we need relationships with people like Amy was talking about. We need community. But we also need that God with us us, that we're made for relationship with one another, yes, and we're made for relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus is telling his disciples, is going to come to be with you. We know that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, and we remember him walking this earth years and years ago. But how many of us know that right now that we have God with us, the Holy Spirit, and we're not alone? You are not alone this morning. You are not alone this week as you live your life. You are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with you. And for his disciples, they would be hearing this and they'd be like, wait, the same Holy Spirit that came upon Moses and empowered Moses to lead God's people out of Egypt, the same Holy Spirit that came upon Deborah the judge that allowed her to lead God's people in the days of the judges, the same Holy Spirit that came upon David and empowered him for leadership, the same Holy Spirit that was poured out on Jesus without measure, that Holy Spirit at one time just poured out on a few select individuals for a few select purposes is gonna be poured not just on us, but be in us? Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness, the Holy Spirit was going to be with them and the Holy Spirit is available to you and to me as the people of Jesus to be with us, both in an individual sense, but also in a collective sense as a church. The Spirit was going to be with the disciples, with the early church, and the Holy Spirit is with us. We're not just gathered here this morning. We're not just going to life group this week. We're not just kind of showing up and being good people. No, we're here because the Spirit is with us. God is with you. Amen? God is with you. Whatever you're facing this week, you can remember the words of Jesus that he said the Holy Spirit is with you. The third thing that Jesus, or the fourth thing that Jesus says, we see in verse 26, is that the Holy Spirit will be our teacher. That the Holy Spirit will teach us the way to go. The Holy Spirit would teach the disciples 
How were they supposed to live? How are they supposed to start these churches? How are they supposed to take Jesus' message and go and make disciples and all the challenges they would face? They weren't on their own to figure it out, but the Holy Spirit would be their teacher, just as Jesus had been their teacher, that the Holy Spirit would be their present in the moment teacher. And this teaching role is actually connected to the fifth thing that the Spirit would do, which it says in verse 26, that the Spirit would remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Spirit takes the words of Jesus that his disciples would remember, that they would meditate on, that they would be committing to memory. That's what a disciple was. And then when they were in the moment of need, when they didn't know what to do, the Spirit, like a good teacher, would bring that out of remembrance and be like, oh, remember what Jesus said about this. Remember what Jesus said about loving your enemy. Remember what Jesus said about the poor. Remember what Jesus said about prayer. Like the Holy Spirit is our teacher because he takes from what Jesus has said and he brings it to remembrance and he helps us live it out in our present context. That's what he would do for the disciples of old and that's what he wants to do for us. We do a staff life group every Tuesday morning. We do the same thing that we do as a church where we gather together. We have time to build relationship with one another. Uh, Oftentimes there's food there. We'll get in God's word. We'll pray together. And one of the things we've been doing over the last many months is we've been memorizing scripture together. We've been taking a couple key passages of scripture and we have been memorizing them and meditating on them and talking about how are we living these things out. One of those is Galatians 5 where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit at work in our midst to produce a certain kind of fruit. And there's a, there's a line in there. And of course, now that I'm standing in front of you, it'll be hard to pull it to memory, but we're gonna put me to the test where it says, <coughs> but if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. I believe it was Galatians 5, uh, 4. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you will be consumed by one another. And as we have memorized that, and as I've gone back and meditated on that, I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit has brought those words to mind in situations about my mouth, where it's like, I'm I'm tempted to say something, I'm tempted to speak something, I'm tempted to just, you know, you get frustrated with things, and just that scripture comes to mind, watch out. If you bite and devour one another, you're gonna be consumed by each other. Do you want to be consumed? Do you want to really consume someone else with your words? No, but it's the Spirit brings those things to mind so that in the present moment, we have what we need to walk with Jesus in the midst of the trials, the temptations, and the tribulations. So inherent in that, right, is that we're in God's word, The disciples had to spend time with the teachings of Jesus for the Spirit to be able to bring those things forward. Oh, it just got quiet. Let's do that one again. For the Spirit to remind them of what Jesus had said, they had to be reflecting on the words of Jesus so they knew what Jesus had said. For us as disciples... As we are in God's word, we are giving our teacher, the Holy Spirit, the fuel to be able to bring those things forward in the moments in which we need. 
My daughter is, is in uh, ninth grade math, and the way the teacher has it structured is you have homework, you have quizzes, and you have tests. And the idea is if you do the homework packet, you're ready for the quizzes. If you do the quizzes, you're ready for the tests. You don't have to do the homework. That's the thing. The teacher doesn't check the homework. This is the first year where that's happened. So now the homework is on, on her. And we were talking about, okay, so you see how this works, right? You do the homework, which means you're ready for the quiz. You do the quiz, you're ready for the test. You don't do the homework. You get in on the quiz, you're like, ah, I don't really know what to do. We'll take a shot, right? In the same way, as we spend time in God's word, it's like we're doing the homework. We're, we're, we're in God's word. So that when the quizzes and the tests come together, the Holy Spirit has something to work with. And I just believe that the Holy Spirit wants to teach us and wants to remind us, but we need to be in his word. And as we're in his word, the Spirit takes those words and brings them forward and guides us and leads us in the trials, temptations, and tribulations that we face. So let's just recap. Jesus is saying, disciples, you are going through hard times. You're gonna need to trust me. When you're in these trials, you're gonna need to trust my person. You're gonna need to trust my leadership. You're gonna need to trust my promises. Even when you don't see how this works out according to my plan, you're gonna need to say, Jesus, you're bigger than I am. I don't know all the answers. I trust you. He said, hey, you're gonna need an eternal mindset. You're gonna need to know that I have gone to prepare a place for you in my father's house. There is an eternity with God where you could be with me where I am. And you're gonna need the Holy Spirit. You're gonna need the advocate. You're gonna need the helper. You're gonna need the Holy Spirit with you. You're gonna need the teacher. You're gonna need the reminder. And the Holy Spirit wants to be all of those things to you. And we know what happens. That when Jesus rises from the dead, he breathes on his disciples and he gives to them the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills the church at Pentecost. And the church has been filled by the Spirit ever since. If we'll let the Spirit fill us, if we'll listen to the Spirit, if we'll walk with the Spirit, if we'll let the Spirit speak to us. And I believe that's what God has for us this week as we encounter Jesus here in these words. That that same Holy Spirit that filled them long ago wants to fill us as individuals and wants to fill our church afresh in these days for the road ahead. I'm excited about it. I don't know if you're excited about it, but this gets me fired up. So let's rise, and we're gonna take some time to reflect on this, to pray into this. We need the Holy Spirit. We're gonna respond with worship. And I know in our congregation, there are so many situations going on so many backgrounds, so many needs that we all come each Sunday with, uh, more than anyone could, could know, but, but God knows. Yeah. And God sees, and God cares. And I believe that the Holy Spirit, uh, just these words of Jesus, that if you're here today and you need an advocate, you're like, man, I, I am going through some things where I just need someone on my team. We want to pray with you because the Holy Spirit wants to be your advocate. The Holy Spirit wants to be your advocate. The Holy Spirit wants to be your teacher. I want to pray for people that, that need an advocate. I specifically want to pray for people that are walking through loneliness, where you just feel so alone. And we want you to have people relationships in this church, but we also want you to have that 
fellowship of the Holy Spirit that is with you. So if we can get the, the, the staff overseers to come forward, I'm going to pray. We're going to respond in worship, but let's not move forward into the rest of our Sunday without taking these words. And God, we're here. Would you meet with us? Holy Spirit, would you come and be these things? So Jesus, thank you that you see us in our need. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have sent another advocate on our behalf, the Holy Spirit. Thank you that every place where we feel like we don't know the answers, that we have a teacher. Every place that we feel like we're forgetful, we have a reminder. Every place where we feel like we're alone, we're not alone. The Holy Spirit is with me. The Holy Spirit is with us. Every trial that we're going through where we feel like the kid uh, by the goal with the game on the line, the shot coming, we have one standing behind us, encouraging us, calling out to us, standing with us in our time of need. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would come and you would encourage your people now. You would build us up in these truths, Lord, that we would walk forward from here. God, walking with the Holy Spirit this week. you're here today and you're like, I, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, what, what is this? We're given the Holy Spirit and we decide to become followers of Jesus. And if you're here today and you never decide, man, I, I need to follow Jesus. I need to be his disciple. We want to help you there. We want to help you take that step. If the Spirit is working in your heart where you get like, man, there's I, I, I something I need to do. I need to be right with God. We want to help you in that. So as the worship team leads us, I want to invite you forward. If you need to follow Jesus. Secondly, if you, you just know you need an advocate, you feel like you're the person on trial, you're in the goal. We want to pray with you. And third, if you struggle with loneliness, we want to pray into that, that you would know that the Holy Spirit is with you. So as the worship team leads us, let's respond to the Lord.